matter, kid? Don't you like clowns? Why? Don't we make you laugh? Aren't we? Come play with us, Danny. Bad luck to kill a seabird. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks podcast. I'm your host, Trashmouth, and this week, my guest is the one and only Joey Zampella, guitar player for the legendary Life of Agony. Now, before we get into this week's interview, I just want to remind you guys to go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Over on my Instagram, I just announced all the details of my upcoming Patreon that I'm going to be launching on March 1st, so make sure you go look out for that. I'll be putting the details up on Facebook later today at some point. And also, the social media accounts are definitely just the best way to keep up with all upcoming guests and other news as well. So, with that being said, without further ado, let's get into this week's interview. Hey, man, how's it going? Hey, what's up, Tim? Going good. How about you? Ah, doing great, man, you know. Uh... Doing great here. Just we got over COVID um a few weeks ago. My whole house. Oh, awesome! So, I'm glad to hear that for sure. Yeah, I think I told you on the uh, email, right? I think I mentioned it. Yeah, my ma, uh, because my mom actually had it around the same time, and she got which we actually ended up thinking she had a false positive because oh. she got one of those rapid tests, and then she yeah. got tested like quickly after, and she got a negative, yeah. and nobody else in the household got a positive ever. So we're starting to think she might have just got a false positive, but you never can Very be too common. Sure this, though, so. Yeah, yeah, that's very common. So, uh, hey, thanks for having me on this. Um, but how are you doing? How How are you, by the way? Doing pretty good. Uh, I have a newborn who got shots today, so he's been a little grumpy. But other than that, it's uh, oh, he oh, he got shots. Yeah. Oh, how old now? Uh, he's a little over four months. So. Oh, it's the best thing in life. I have two yeah. daughters. Uh, they're upstairs right now. They're in their rooms, fourteen and twelve. Okay. So one is in high school now. Yeah. And the other one is in middle school. So we'll just call it payback. The <laughs> years that I've been on the road. <laughs> yeah. At least you're going through this with them being a little bit older. Not like, uh, you know, he's so young at school. It doesn't matter. So right. And with them, they're a little bit older where it helps them understand the stuff. You know, at least they're not like just starting school and stuff. So that. Yeah. No, they've been doing OK with it. Um, yeah. My daughters have been taking it in strides. You know, they've been doing a lot of remote schooling at home. And a lot of back and forth, I should say, because um, there's some in-person school Mm -hmm. and there's uh, a lot of remote, you know, at home on the computer. Yeah. Now, it's like today, I think kids were getting dropped off from high school around here at like two and usually it's like three something. So I think they're like just cutting the day shorter and stuff like that around here. So, yeah. Well, where are you at anyway? Exactly. I'm in uh, North Carolina, but I don't really hate, to be honest, I don't have anybody close with me that's like in high school or middle school. So I don't really keep up with what's going on. Like as far, I know that they're in and out of it around here as well from what I see on Facebook and stuff. But my cousin, who's like my youngest cousin that's in school is in college and stuff. So he keeps getting uh, sent home from, uh, he's at ECU. So he keeps getting sent home and now he just got an apartment. So that way, at least if he gets sent home, he can stay close to campus and, you know, just do his online work there. So. Yeah, that's, uh, I have nephews in, in college and they're dealing with that as well. You know, yeah. um, it's like a kind of back and forth type of thing for them. Kind yeah. of a pain in the ass, you know what I mean? Yeah, especially when you pay the same amount of money as all the other kids exactly. paid for the full experience. And it's like, yeah, that's exactly what they were talking about. Like my, uh, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law, they're like, you know, we're paying the, and they, they go, he's, you know, 
they're going to good schools, the kids. So, mm. you know, they're paying good money for them to be there. And it's like, they're not getting the full experience, not even halfway. Yeah. And they're know? cutting them some breaks. It seems, well, some schools are like giving back, you know, some of the money and stuff like that. It seems yeah. like, but definitely not enough, you know, but I understand the oh. school's got to stay striving too, as well as, you know, just like some of these venues that can't do anything, you know, at least the schools can still have some revenue coming in, you know, but. Dude, it's been a tough year. You yeah. know, I don't know if we want to jump right in it, but you know, this year has been a challenging year. You know, listen, everyone has, it's weird because this thing has killed a ton of people, obviously. Yeah. I, I even know people, uh, family, um, close people to the family, I would say no one in the family, thank God, as of yet, knock on wood. Yeah. But, um, a lot of people are suffering with this thing. And it's weird is it's like a double-edged sword because there are some people that are benefiting yeah. from it. So it's such a, it's a very wide gap. Mm. Um, it's very extreme. The year has been very extreme. Like someone like me and, and the band and, and all the other musicians and production people out there, mm. we've all been just like, you know, as you already know, as everyone knows, you know, we've been just shut down completely. Yeah. Which is very difficult when that this is what we do for a living, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's been very difficult for people like me, but then there's people that their products have skyrocketed because of this thing and they're, yeah. you know, making tons of money. And so it's such a, a weird, it's helping people, it's helping certain groups of people and it's literally killing certain groups of people at the same time. Yeah. Very crazy. Yeah, no doubt. That's for sure. I know exactly what you mean. That's exactly what I was going to reference too. Is like you got some people that they had been torn so much that now they finally get to get into their own creative mind and create some projects that they didn't get to. But then, like you said, there's also people literally on their deathbed. So it's kind of a very, uh, it's a double-edged sword, but it's very sharp on one end for sure. Yes. And you know what? It's been, I'll say this, it's been a blessing and a curse for me as well. Yeah. And, and on the side of the blessing side, I got to say that, you know, ha like I mentioned to you a few moments ago, having two daughters it's been and, and a wife it's been a yeah. blessing being able to be home with them this long and yeah. spend this much quality time together and i i don't just mean watching tv i mean long bike rides taking walks yeah. um you know lots of meals at the table like from breakfast to lunch to dinner you know a lot of that we were already close as a family but this year you really i've i've you know, you feel the bond even more. Yeah. And so, although it's been a curse on the side of my career side, well, I shouldn't say that either because we, we are creating, I am yeah. creating, whether it's for Life of Agony or another project I have that, that I, hopefully sooner or later, I'll release some music on that project. Um, oh, yeah. won't, won't talk about a name yet because I'm actually not 100%, but okay. um, so, you know, creative wise, it's been fantastic, Tim. Yeah. Um, I, and, and I'm doing things that I've never done before. You know, I own a studio and I got hired by a TV and film company. I'm their head audio guy and I'm doing TV and film audio now. Oh, hell out yeah. of my studio. I, I'm in my studio now. I'm in the control room. Yeah. But, you know, it's such a cool thing because if COVID didn't happen, I wouldn't have got this opportunity. Now I'm breaking into new territory. Yeah. And I'm with a company. It's called Dark Moon Entertainment. You should check it out. I'm on their mm -hmm. website as the head audio chief of audio for the whole company. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing because I've worked on documentaries already. Um, I've worked on some potential TV shows that they're working on. And oh, yeah. it's fantastic, man. It, it's something that I'm so grateful for. 
Yeah. And uh, so, like, like you said, it's a, it's a very sh sharp edge on one side, but on the other side, it's like, wow, this has opened up so many new things and, and, and has bonded families. And it's just crazy, man. It's crazy all the way around. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, that kind of, that's what kind of one of my first questions is kind of related to the uh, whole COVID thing. You know, uh, we talked about, you know, how you've been spending the quarantine, but how did it like actually affect Life of Agony? Because I know you guys just released The Sound of Scars, you know, close yeah. to the end of 2019. Did you guys, you know, have like a bunch of touring planned that just got completely shut down or? We, we, we've been uh, the last couple of years uh, just to, you know, keep, catch everyone up to speed. Yeah. We've been touring a hell of a lot more the last couple of years. Yeah. And for Sound of Scars, we had we geared up to do so much touring. We had so many tours booked for 2020 yeah. with the release of the new album that was released at the end of 19. Yeah. So you can't imagine how it was like such a tremendous like uh like a like a boulder falling on us because we worked so hard on the Sound of Scars. Yeah. You know, you know, we all did. I, it was the first record I got to produce or co-produce with Sylvia Massey. Oh, that's so awesome. it was very special to me personally. So I was really looking forward to supporting the record. Mm -hmm. We were really looking forward to it and getting out on the road. We had three tours in Europe, three separate tours yeah. in Europe. We were going to Australia. Um, we had a full American tour book that we were going to go across the States and, and do all kinds of shows in the U.S., Mm. And everything got pulled. Now, they're talking about rescheduling. You know, th there is some stuff that has been rescheduled for 2021. But yeah. as you know, and as a lot of people know, you know, that may not happen either. We, yeah. We're all in limbo. We're all on hold. And although they keep moving the dates forward, and it's happened a few times already, mm. it gets confusing for the agents because the venues start getting screwed up because everybody wants to move their shows and... The venue's got to figure, the agents are going crazy trying to put your tour back together yeah. for a later date. So that adds a whole nother difficulty to it because every band wants to tour now in 2021. Every single band yeah. that we all know. So that makes the venues overcrowded. Yeah, I, I should say oversaturated with people wanting to get in. Yeah. And um, it's just turning, turning out to be a shit show in a weird way, you know? Yeah. Um, hopefully they'll figure it all out and we will get to play in 2021. Yeah. Uh, since, yeah, since the vaccine's around um, now and then you're hearing people are getting it right. Yeah. You know, I would hope that that eases things a little bit. So they start opening up the venue doors again, because that was really the, the challenging thing is you just can't have people together, obviously, yeah. unless people are safe, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So you know, that's basically what's going on. With, with Life of Agony this year, though, catch you up. We are writing. We are sharing ideas. Hell yeah. And I was actually just on the phone today with Alan and Mina. And uh, we have, a, a you know, a really killer song in the work. So it's very exciting. You know, um, it's hard because we're doing most of it sharing through the computer. Yeah. Um, we're not doing too many get-togethers uh, for, for health reasons with, with different people in, in everyone's families, yeah. which is understandable, of course. Um, so we're doing a lot of sharing through the computer, and we're, we're a band that likes to get together in a room and actually bang it out and yeah. you know, jam a bit. Yeah, some bands so, are used to this kind of way of writing, but when you have to like, adjust to it on the fly, it definitely 
take some adjustments. Yeah. So. And there's something organic about getting together in a room and creating together. There's something really fun about it. We did it on the Sound of Scars and it was, uh, you know, and, and we did some of the sharing on, of course, you're going to share ideas on the computer, yeah. but we did a lot of it in the room right here in my live room at the studio. Mm -hmm. um, so that, yeah, Sound of Scars was actually, it was recorded right here where, you know, I'm in the control room, I'm, I'm in the control room seat. Yeah. And there's a live room on the other side of this wall behind me. Mm. But um, this is my home, and I, I'm grateful to have the studio right here in the house. Hell yeah. But anyway, getting back to LOA in, in 2020, um, we, we have not seen each other since rehearsals for the American tour, which was last February. Damn. So it'll be a year that we haven't seen each other. Now, Veronica lives re relatively close to me. She lives... Um, only eight minutes away, nine minutes away, right down the road, which is great because I've seen her. We kind of quarantined together. Yeah. So, so we got to jam a bit, a little bit together, and that felt so good. Yeah. I mean, first of all, playing with Veronica is just incredible. She's so talented. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and then being able, and she's such a dear, you know, she's close to my heart. She's like, she's, she's a dear friend. So mm. being able to get together with her, and I, I didn't get together with too many people at all. So just being able to see her and actually play and jam together just felt so good. Mm. We even had breakfast one morning and brought some breakfast sandwiches to her. And just her and I sat. She made me cappuccino. Mm. I brought some bacon, egg, and cheese on rolls. And oh, we yeah. just chowed down and had some Veronica's killer cappuccino. <laughs> and she makes a great cappuccino, everyone. But yeah. um, <laughs> she needs to make her own uh, blend and put it out. <laughs> yeah, she should definitely. She has, she's so awesome. She's able to do like this little heart in the foam. I don't know how she does it, but you know when you go to somewhere and they give you that nice cappuccino with the foam heart. Yeah, she can do. Of course, Veronica could do that. She's multi talented <laughs> Hell individual. Yeah. Um, the hand eye coordination that comes with drumming. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. She has it all. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that, that, that was definitely something that made me happy being able to get together with her was, was very, it, it definitely um, gave me something I needed at the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the isolation can get to you, you know, being at the house all the time, you know. So I try to keep myself busy when the kids are busy with school and my wife's busy with work. You know, obviously I consume myself right here in this room and I'm constantly playing all the guitars around me and writing <laughs> riffs. Yeah. And uh, creating, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's been one day at a time is the best way I like to describe it. Oh, yeah. And uh, if you don't mind me asking, what made you guys return to the story from uh, River Runs Red? Because if I'm not mistaken, The Sound of Scars is the continuation. Yeah, yeah. It, it was actually a very interesting story how that came about. We were right here in my house. So of course, we were writing. We were writing in the live room. Mm. And we, we were about five songs in. And Alan comes over one day and... Um, where, you know, we were writing, I don't know what song it was. Mm. And we, we took a break. We went to go upstairs to grab some coffee in, in my little coffee room there. And um, we're all sitting there and Alan was like, listen, I have an idea. This idea came to me. So Alan's like a mastermind. Like Alan is like uh, the little brain that, that sits in the alien. You know, you get this yeah. big alien and the little brain that controls everything. Alan has that, like, he's just genius and his ideas are so cool and great. He's always been, had that. And uh, he brought up the idea. He was like, what if the guy survived from River Runs Red? And we were like, what? Yeah. You know, he was like, what happened to this person? What if we tell the story? What happened to him? 
And it just, it was like magic. It right there on the spot, it made total sense. Yeah. So let's, so then we went ahead and started creating these scenarios and talking about it. And what would he have done? What, you know, he may have gone to therapy. He may have been dealing with the, you know, the uh, suicide attempt, which I'm sure people, you know, unfortunately, you know, fortunately, I should say, who make it through or yeah. unfortunately who had that experience carry it with them for the rest of their lives. It's not something that just goes away, mm. you know, magically. So um, we, we explored that. We explored those feelings by talking about it together and, you know, explored how those moments would be of like this dude coming home from work and not in the right frame of mind and, and having to deal with his wife that loves him and wants him to get better, but he can't seem to get over it. And it's, yeah. it's like, we, we discussed all this and um, it was a lot of fun because uh, I was able to create, I, I created all those little pieces here in my house, mm. did it in all real rooms and stuff with microphones in the bathroom and, or with friends, brought friends and family in to be the voices and all kind to build these scenes. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was very challenging to get them to be like the way they came out. Yeah. But it was so rewarding once I got them the way I wanted them to sound. Hell yeah. Um, it, it came out exactly the way, I, even better than I was hoping they would. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a story behind that. And, uh, it, yeah, it was Alan just popping it in one day, popping up, you know, that idea in one day and saying, hey, what if we did this? Hell yeah. And, yeah, then it just all tied together from there. Then the writing, you know, everything, the song started making more sense. And yeah, just it just came together naturally. It was really cool. No, that's a great concept uh, to explore for sure. And then, you know, of course, when you already have, you know, Everybody loves River Runs Red, so it's Hell when yeah. you attach it to that, people are obviously, you know, ready to hear, you know, the story continued. So no, that's yeah. awesome. And it's so it's so cool because even this new material we're sharing right now and these song seeds, as we call them, mm. that we're we're developing and working on, they really I, I'm I'm so already so excited about it because it almost feels like another step up for the band, like the material and the the sound and it just I'm, I'm just as excited, if not more excited for what we're about to do. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, who knows what it's going to be or what it's going to turn out to be, but that's kind of the exciting part of it, the journey. Yeah. And back in the nineties, you guys released three albums and it was uh, two years apart. And then technically recently you did one in 17, 19. Do you think the album might be 21 or do you think it might not make it out by the end of the year? I mean, I know it's hard to say, especially with, uh, you know, yeah, not being able to actually get together and stuff. So yeah, that's that's the thing. And Alan and I uh, briefly discussed it on the phone just recently. And I, I mentioned to him, I think it's something we shouldn't rush. Mm, um, no I, I know a lot of bands are going to try to put out music all at the same time, and I don't know if that would be a good thing uh, for us to try to fit it in or jam it in there with everyone else. Yeah, I yeah. think I think if we naturally let it happen like we always do, whether it comes out at the end of 21 or, 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 you know, you never know, we might release a song. We, we really don't have, what I love about this band is uh, we, we do everything very organically. We don't yeah. we try not to put too many walls up or put too much in place where it has to go one way. Yeah. And that's kind of, it keeps it fresh. It keeps it feeling young. Cause that's the way we were when we were kids, when we wrote River Runs Red, there was no plan. Mm. You know, and we, for a while there with some of the records in the middle, we were planning a little bit too much. 
yeah. especially yeah. like Broken Valley, a place where there's no more pain. Like there was too much planning going on, I feel. Um, not enough just organic, like let's see what, let's make something happen. Yeah. It was almost like we need to do this. Um, so we're not on the tip that we need to do something. We're on the tip that we want to do something. Hell yeah. there's, a, there's a big difference there, as you know. Yeah, let it come to you um, instead of force it to happen. Exactly, and the cool thing is the the you know the less pressure is what I want to say is the less pressure you put on yourself, yeah, or put on each other, the the more it just pours out mm -hmm. in, in a natural, organic, really really cool way. So, yeah. um, we're just gonna keep going on this tip for this year and see what happens. Yeah, and uh, see where see where it takes us. See where the path goes. Yeah, and a lot of fans are very understandable with COVID that, you know, I'll, even though bands are pumping out new music, it's not like yeah. the, the fans were never expecting it. They're very grateful for it because I see people all the time talking about, you know, how 2020 was awesome to have all these albums, you know, with, you know, not much going on. But I think a lot of people are really just, you know, they understand that some bands are just ready to play that album that they put out right before COVID started. It's because there's such a big handful of bands that. Uh, yeah, we're one of them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, we were just again talking about that the other day, how many songs we, we couldn't wait to play live and yeah. we couldn't wait to play this song and that song. And we didn't even get to really, it's such a cool album, Sound of Scars. We didn't even really get to like enjoy playing it live for us. Yeah. We will, don't forget, like even if we do release new material or a song or two ahead of time, say ahead of an album or whatever, which I'm not even sure we would do, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, you know, we are still going to get to play those Sound of Scars songs, you know, the ones that we, you know, envision playing live. So, yeah, we, we got to play a little bit, you know, before the year broke. And, we, you know, we, we tested some of the songs live and it went over friggin great, like Empty Hole, Scars. Yeah. What else did we have in the set? Um, those two went over great. We, we had laid down in the set for a couple, you know, for a little bit. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, Blackheart, that was a really good one live. Got a great oh, yeah. response, that song, Blackheart. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we were, we were playing a little bit. We were testing the waters, but we really didn't get to, like, really slam at home and enjoy it. We really wanted to put I Surrender in the set, the last song on the record. Yeah. Um, that last big epic type of song. Um, it's such a fantastic song. We really wanted to work on that, and that was the intention playing that at some point, hopefully in 2020. Yeah. But – and once everything got shut down we have to may rethink that for you know the future yeah no i feel you there for sure that uh so you guys got to play i mean a good handful of the songs that so that's awesome but yeah we got to test it i would say you know when you yeah. play them for a while live i think when you play a new song for the first time or second time or third time on tour yeah it feels new yeah. on stage it feels okay, you know, you're going to remember it, but you know what I'm saying? You're kind of in a different mode as your old songs, which you could play like, yeah, because it's new on stage. You almost, you want to be, you know, obviously loose with it and feel very comfortable, but there's yeah. a certain part of you that wants to perform it extra good because it is a new song yeah you so pull back that mind... stage presence to like try to clean up the song i feel you there for sure i used to play in a band of course it was just something local and stuff but i did the same thing like you could tell it when it was a new song it's local wherever you're yeah. still gonna have the same you know yeah no i would just you would see me like looking at the guitar neck a lot more when it was a brand new song and stuff like that so yes that's what i'm talking about so it's a different vibe so uh you know um it would be fun to 
get to the point where we're playing the Sound of Scars songs like we yeah. play River Runs Red or any other song from any other album, that was going to be a fun thing to look forward to. But yeah. we didn't get to do that, you know? So hopefully, you know, obviously moving forward in the future, we'll, we will be able to get to do that. Hell yeah. Uh, By the way, I, I love the name of the show with the yeah. horror flicks and guitar picks, you know, like I think, it, or it's the vice versa, but I yeah, think right. you got it right. Oh, I got it right. Okay. Yeah. I, I just think it's a really, really cool name that you got going there for this podcast. Hell yeah. I appreciate um, that. I love that because uh, combining, I think music, music and horror and, yeah. and metal music and stuff, it really goes hand in hand. And I, I'm a big horror fan. I grew up, you know, loving my horror movies. Um, and I'm, I'm one of those guys that hasn't seen every single horror movie to date. Like yeah. there are people that could like, say i've seen every horror movie i'm not i'm not yeah. one of those i've seen hundreds of horror movies but not thousands you know like so yeah. i have my go-to i have ones that i really love and it's a lot of the classics of course because who doesn't love class the classic horror stuff yeah but i was excited to talk to you about some of that but i'm gonna let you ask me the questions in case there's more loa Oh, no, the uh, only, uh, actually, the, I just had one more small question before we move to the horror stuff. And it's kind of just one that I've always been uh, interested in one, uh, knowing is yeah. uh, how did you guys react to being on The Office? Uh, oh. And did you guys like know it, about it beforehand or was that something no. you found out about uh, afterwards? I didn't know much about the show. Um, mm. I still don't really know much about the show. I think it's my, my kids, by the way. Yeah. My two daughters are obsessed with The Office. Hell yeah. So... It's amazing because my nephews kind of turned on my daughters to the show, to the office. Yeah. And it's their favorite show of all time. Mm -hmm. And they're so, how would you say it? I don't even want to use the word proud. They're so, they just think it's so cool that Life of Agony's song is on an episode, my daughters. They're like, dad, yeah. your song is on the office. I'm like, I know. They're like, no, you don't understand. That's like our favorite show. And <laughs> our dad's song is on the dad's playing guitar in the car while they're banging their heads. Yeah. And, you know, and she, and they, uh, they just love that. There's, they're just thrilled with that idea that that's, that's reality. So uh, yeah, of course, when I, I knew the office was a huge show, I never watched it from start to finish. Although I caught a bunch of episodes, obviously yeah. with my daughters and, and I, and I know that particular episode with the life of agony mm. with the river on song in the car. Oh, but yeah, uh, yeah I, I think I, you know, I see it show up on my ASCAP statement all the time, you know, yeah. like my uh, royalty statement, it says the office and you know, there'll be some money there, you know, because oh, yeah. of, awesome. of how many times it was shown or the episode played. Yeah. So it's really cool to see that, of course, you know, and, it, and it feels good. It, it feels good. Yeah. Now, I'm one of those people that uh, my wife rewatched. That's her favorite show as well. So, like, she puts it on 100%. Like, we literally, when it went off of Netflix, we canceled Netflix and got Peacock because it's on Peacock now. <laughs> and, uh, the only thing I watch on Netflix is Stranger Things. So, I'll just use my parents' Netflix. Yeah. But, my my uh, daughters are obsessed with Vampire Diaries. Okay. Because, okay. yeah, they're, they're, there's, I guess there's some good-looking guys on the show. <laughs> so, uh so they're like, oh, dad, he's really cute. I'm like, oh, okay. But, yeah, it's all fun. Um. Uh, and what else? I, I, you know, what show I, be, my wife and I recently started watching was Animal Kingdom on um, uh, Amazon Prime. Oh hell yeah! It's called Animal Kingdom. It's real. It's about a screwed up family that, that that's like a crime family, and it's it's yeah. really a really cool show. I'm enjoying that one a oh, lot. Yeah. I have to check that out. Well, during quarantine, you know. Yeah. 
No, I definitely have to check that out. But now I was going to say, I'm one of those people that I'm in the, every time I'm in the room and there's somebody in there that's uh, watching the episode and that episode comes on, I'm like, you know, that band is right here. I'm like, it's like, like <laughs> got to let them know. <laughs> that's awesome. Please do. Thank you. That's awesome. You know, we're also watching, you know, we watched all the Mandalorians, yeah. um, the Star Wars stuff. I don't know if you're into that stuff, but my kids are. And, and I grew up like loving Star Wars when I was a kid. I'm not like a Star Wars crazy person, but fanatic, but yeah i do love it like it's part of my uh you know growing up type of thing you know like yeah watching star wars was a special thing you know it's got the nostalgic um, feel to it yeah and the mandalorian's pretty cool i don't know if you saw it but yeah. you know we've been watching that as a family and that you know it's cool oh yeah we just started watching uh wandavision as a family because that just started last week so we'll, actually, we'll probably start watching uh the new episodes drop today so we'll probably watch them after the interview or whatever so that's cool. They need to come up with a, a really good, like, I know they have the American Horror Story. Yeah. I didn't really watch it because, honestly, I don't know if it's the episode, the starting the season I saw, but it just seemed cheesy. Yeah. I, I can't put my finger on it. I don't know why it just seemed cheesy to me. I like horror that feels, that feels organic and, and really screwed up. Like, yeah. You know, that makes you get a weird feeling. Like, I like horror that actually affects me. Yeah, it's like unsettling almost. Unsettling, thank yeah. you. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, like, some of the movies that did that did that particular feeling to me over, you know, growing up. And even now, like, some movies, like that movie uh, recently, Suspiria, the remake. Oh, I love the, the Suspiria. That, the remake was, uh, was really, it gave me a weird feeling, which I love that. That's yeah. what a horror movie should make me feel. Um, and I almost want to watch it again because it had, although it was kind of long and drawn out, yeah. um, I would watch it again because I just want to, I just want to catch some things that I didn't really catch maybe the first time. I'm right there with that, you. I actually almost watched it today. Uh, surprisingly. Really? I just didn't, like, I, like, not actually, like, sat down and watched it, but I was doing some other stuff, so I almost just threw it on and, like, had it on in the background. But, yeah. Uh, because of how yeah. long it was, I didn't, but. No, I have uh, that one scene where she's getting like she's doing the dance and the other yeah. girls getting like contorted. Yeah, that man, that was messed up. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, so growing up, some of the things that screwed me up, like, you know, I, even young, I started watching horror movies at a young age. Mm. But like Amityville Horror, just that music in the beginning that it's still I just got a chill in my neck thinking about that music. The, yeah. Ah, ah. <laughs> that's such that is like the creepiest music i've ever heard in my life yeah. nothing beats the original amityville horror music you i mean even the original halloween which is another one of my favorite all-time horror movies yeah the original original halloween the music in there was obviously creepy as hell yeah but the amityville horror music man from the very original amityville horror that was oof, man it sends chill i don't know what it is about that particular mm -hmm. movie and those those notes those musical notes yeah. but it gets me every time i cannot hear that in a dark room man i'd be like <laughs> fucking satan's here with me man the music that does that for me from like the very first note is the the shining that oh very yeah deep, like organ that's like bomb like Dude, that, my favorite movie of all time nothing that is if so it's everyone knows like all my friends everyone mm -hmm. if someone asked me what's your favorite movie of all time hands down nothing for me has beat the shining Hell yeah. it is the perfect movie there is i just watched it again with my wife we watched it yeah. about in my life i probably watched that movie without exaggerating i'm, mm. I'm trying to be realistic i probably watched the shining about 
straight, like from mm -hmm. start to finish. I think I probably watched that movie at least 28 times in my life. Hell yeah. I'm saying sitting down and watching it. Yeah. I don't mean put it on, dilly dally, walk around. I'm saying yeah. sit for the adventure. Yeah. I watched it about 30 times, roughly. I, I never counted, but if I were to guess, yeah. it was somewhere in there. I mean, I would, you know, you talk to someone and then you say, hey, you, what do you mean? You didn't see The Shining? I, I'd sit them down and put the movie <laughs> on. It would sit for three hours and watch it. Yeah. Like, what do you mean you haven't seen The Shining? It's the best movie ever created. Yeah, that's a movie that I can always create three hours for. That's for sure. I don't give a shit what I'm doing. or Unless I got somewhere to actually, like an appointment to be at or something, I'm good to go for three hours. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just a, it's just an amazing, well-made, Stanley Kubrick yeah. nailed it, man. I mean, you can't get better than that movie. I, I still haven't seen a horror movie that beats it. Yeah. And, and I, don't even, I don't even know if it's horror or psychological chaos, but... It is horror, I guess, but oh no, it's definitely terrifying, especially from like the uh, the the I mean, all the blood in the elevator. To oh the, man, the, the kids chopped up in the hallway. Yeah, that's just that. I remember seeing that for the first time. Wow, you know, and you know what? I, I want to ask you something actually. Maybe you can help me with this. So when I was a kid, what terrified me? The first thing I ever remember terrifying me mm -hmm. ever. I was about five or six years old and I would be in my grandparents' house. And when the TV was on, a commercial would come on and it was for a movie that was coming out called Silent Scream. Hmm. You ever hear about this movie? That sounds familiar, but I don't think I've ever seen it or anything. Right. Because it's a lost film. Oh, shit. But it, it was supposedly released in, this, in the 70s because yeah. I was a kid. It, it was, I couldn't watch the commercial. I would have to run out of the room if it came on. Yeah. And Though I just remember in the commercial, there was a set of steps and you saw a hand come through the steps and it looked like this decrepit, it was a screwed up commercial, man. Yeah. And the music and everything about it was terrifying. And, and, and it just, it would be, uh, the logo would come to the screen and go silent scream. You have two minutes to scream. Some, some slogan was attached to it. Yeah. And uh, it was such a terrifying commercial but I never, I can't find the movie. No matter who I ask, either they never heard of it. Yeah. And if you Google it, I think it does come up and, and something about it comes up. But I think it's, uh, it was never actually released or it was, but then they lost the masters and it's like a lost film or it got stolen. Yeah. Something crazy happened to the film where no one could find it. There's yeah. no copies anywhere. And it was just a commercial on TV. Yeah. Um, the only, uh, the only company I know that like hunts down movies like that is Vinegar Syndrome. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they, uh, they did a movie recently that had Silent in the title. And at first I was thinking that might be it, but I think that's called Silent Madness. I don't think, I don't think it's the same exact movie, but uh, if anybody- Why, it was that, a lost film that they found? Well, what they do is they find the old uh, movie reels that were like damaged or, you know, just like, uh, okay. yeah, pretty much like old B-rated movies that never like saw the light of day. And they take yeah. them and they like, uh, they fix the- the reels yeah. and then they put them on blu-ray and they try to restore them as best they can into 4k and stuff like that and oh. uh so they would probably be one of the ones that would find it and put it out for sure but i don't know if they're yeah. um they've definitely put some movies out that were like completely lost but that's not like 100 percent what they do some of it's like movies you might have heard of you know back in right. the 90s slightly or whatever so i i if you can you know obviously you'll have the title of that film because we just spoke about it on yeah. here 
if you if you do any poking around email me and let me know if you find anything out about it because i've tried because yeah. i almost want to see the film because i was so terrified of it as a kid of that yeah. commercial that i literally would i i think i you know i would literally run into the other room i could not look at the commercial as a kid as a little boy yeah you know that was my first introduction to horror was that commercial so that was something that terrified me yeah, I used to uh, I used to have the same problem because what I would do is I would watch Cartoon Network to go to sleep, but at a certain time it becomes Adult Swim, so they start showing oh. commercials and shit like that. So oh. when uh, because you know I grew up, it was like when I was like five or six, it was probably like late '90s and stuff like that, and they yeah. still did Adult Swim, but it was like different shows and what they show now it was like shit like the Oblongs and really Space Ghost and stuff. But the yeah. commercials they'd start showing horror movie trailers starting when oh. they were showing that stuff because it was adult shows, so it was right. And, so uh, they would show like, uh, you know, whatever, like Annabelle, weird movies, like probably yeah. not that because that wasn't out yet. But, you know, like movies like that. Yeah. Back then, I think like uh, it was probably like early 2000s. So because I was probably like, close to 10 yeah. or 11, which because I didn't really get like over my scared of horror movies till like 13, 14. So I was, yeah. I was still scared of like 10 or 11. So it was probably movies like The Ring and shit like that, which. Uh, right. Which was terrifying. Yeah. So yeah, like man. seeing that chick come up out of the well on my tv at night i was like fuck i gotta go to nick at night and start watching stay by oh, the bell man, <laughs> switch that channel up yeah. uh some of you know um some of my favorites all around some of my favorite horror movies texas chainsaw massacre 2 all the oh, I should yeah. say, original texas chainsaw massacre of course yeah but there was something special about number two and there's even something even more special about it now because we became friends with Caroline Williams. Hell yeah, who, stretch herself. Stretch. <laughs> yeah. So she's on Instagram, and but you know she likes like she, which is so amazing. She likes Life of Aggie. She loves our music. Yeah. She Hell came yeah. out to our show in L.A. We hung out with her. Now we keep in touch on Instagram. We send each other messages. Blah blah blah. Yeah. But she is a huge LOA supporter. She loves the band. Loves the band. Hell and yeah. We love. We love her. Yeah. Um. And that movie, it was so cool because that was one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Like that was up there in my top five, like in, on one hand. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw 2. I just, just happened to love the layout of that movie and the way it played out. And, and not as, it, so it was terrifying in its own way. Yeah. Um, but it was also a very good movie, like a well-made movie, like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. all the scenes were really thought out and really cool. And it was just a really good, solid horror movie, man. No, um, I love that movie. And uh, one thing about it that I really liked about her character uh, in particular was you have this entire series based in Texas and she's probably one of two whole characters that actually has a Southern accent in the entire series. Like the yeah. only other one that even tries to have one is Matthew McConaughey later on in that uh, next generation. And his is kind of bad. You know, hers is, hers is real. So it's like Dennis bad, Hopper. So. And Dennis Hopper had, um, you know, I don't, his, I don't think his was real, but he did a good job. Yeah. Um, uh, but that was just a great, um, wow, what a great tech, what a great uh, horror flick. And yeah. another one I love was, uh, well, is, I should say, Evil Dead 2. Hell yeah. That's just a, another one that kind of is in the same league for me as Texas Chainsaw 2 because it's, it's a fun movie. Yeah. But it could be really terrifying at the same time. But at the same time, it's so funny. And mm -hmm. it's it just has just a perfect mix of everything, Evil Dead 2. Yeah. And I kind of feel the, the same about both of those movies. They're in a different league than the Amityville Horrors, meaning not 
they're better or worse, just yeah. a different type of movie. Amityville Horror is just all serious, just straight up, you know, terror. Yeah. You know, straight up, oh my God, if this ever happened to me in a house, I'd be done. Yeah. You know? So where the other um, ones have like a campiness a little bit added to it. Right. Thank you. That's and... that's the word. You know, it has, yeah. it has that little bit of campiness, which makes it like a journey, like a like an adventure. Yeah. Like a horror adventure. Hell yeah. Um, and then of course some of my classics, like I believe in I just watched uh, Day of the Dead with my with my daughter, my littlest daughter, because she was uh, kind of yeah. getting into horror. Yeah. So Day of the Dead, as you know, with Bub, like yeah. with the zombie Bub. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I totally forgot that they like rip people's bodies in half. So I got my like little 11 year old daughter and I was like, I shouldn't be showing my daughter. She loved it. She was like, ah, oh, no, I know it's fake. You know? <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. uh, elevator scene is rough when they pull him in and start just tearing his ass apart. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, what am I letting her watch right now? I totally forgot this happens in this movie. Yeah. But that one is uh, up there for me. That was like, wow, that, this is, this is awesome. Like just an awesome movie. Like yeah. as far as zombies go, that was like one of my favorite zombie movies. Hell yeah. Um, and what's funny is I actually never, uh, to go back a little bit to what you're saying about the two sequels, I never really compared them to each other, but they do have like a very similar uh, thing that they did, you know, where Evil Dead 2 and Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, it's not necessarily a remake of any, well, the second one has kind of got that little remake at the beginning in Evil Dead 2, but for the rest of it, it's almost like they took a lot of the concepts from the first movies and just added that campiness because like Evil Dead yeah. 1 plays it straight and Texas Chainsaw Massacre plays it straight. But both right. of them definitely flip it on its head in the sequels. So Right. It like they follow the same pattern. And I and yeah. I love that about both of them because I love the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Yeah. And I love the original Evil Dead movie. But then seeing the the you know, the sequel to them both, having that little bit of campiness was also fun and cool. And still there was some really terrifying I don't want to say terrifying, but, you know, really horror-esque moments in those uh, campy movies, you know? Yeah. Like Some even the, really cool horror moments. The first scene in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 when the guys are driving and they're talking to Stretch on oh, the phone yeah. and stuff like that, and then they end up getting their head chopped off. Like, that whole oh, part. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. What a, it's just so cool. And some of my other favorite movies, like The Hellraisers, Hell yeah. um, I just thought that those characters were so cool and creepy, and, and the whole concept was... You know, I think it was Hellraiser 2 might have been one of them, might be my favorites because I get them. I didn't watch them enough. Like I didn't watch them multiple times. I watched it a few times, each of them. But yeah, I can't I can't sometimes distinguish what happens in which one. I don't know why. Two is the one where um, that's the one where it's got the actual famous scene where he's like, I am in, I'm in hell. Help me. And he's like writing on the wall in blood and she's in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the one I, I really, uh, yeah. you know, gravitated towards. It was really a creepy one. And, and I think that I think in all of them, like someone gets ripped apart by the hooks. But yeah. there was also a brutal scene in that one with uh, with the hook scene. Yeah, that's the one where at the end she's like wearing the lady's other flesh. Like, yes, like, yes. Like, what the hell? Dang, man. Yeah, there's some that's there's, there's just some great stuff out there. Um, yeah. I'm trying to go over in my head. Of course, I loved all the you know, the original Halloween was also in my top five. You can't beat that. Yeah, um, the original halloween with jamie lee curtis um have you that seen was it? another terrifying movie for me oh yeah have you seen anything in like the past uh like 10 or 15 years that you really enjoyed that was like a newer horror movie um let me think i i would need again i have seen a bunch i just yeah. need because uh, we watched some movies on the road okay you know 
I'm I'm kind of like a sucker for going back to the stuff that I always like. I don't know why. Yeah. Not oh either. wait, wait. Um, one horror movie, and it's this has nothing to do with anything new, but mm. one of my other favorite top five on this hand is Exorcist Three. Oh hell yeah! No, I love with that. George one. C. Scott. Yeah, and Brad Dora. Dude, that is another movie that is laid out so perfectly. Like yeah. I can watch it like fifty times. Like I just think it is. It's creepy. There's a flow to it. The scenes are really organic and depthful, and you feel it. Like again, like Texas Chainsaw Two or Evil Dead Two, that it doesn't have any campiness, but there's yeah. just a feeling of a well-made. And I'm talking Exorcist Three here. Yeah. You know, never mind going back to the first one, but man, I just a well-made horror movie that I fell in love with. Exorcist Three just does it for me, man. Yeah. So. I love the scene where uh, George C. Scott is having the discussion with the priest that's supposed to be like the murderer locked up. and he's Yes, like, I got the chills, bro. Yeah. <sighs> that scene is intense as shit because he's like, some of the stuff he says is just, uh, I don't know, whoever wrote that was definitely... Uh, Brutal. Yeah, brilliant well, writing. Or the scene with the uh, confession confession box. Yeah. With the voice on the other side of it. Oh, my God. Yeah. I got so creeped out on that, man. <laughs> that's such a brilliant like a brilliant scene to come up with it's just yeah, that yeah. was a great 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 horror movie for me that was in my top five as well yeah um yeah like like there you go like shining uh exorcist three texas chainsaw two evil dead two amityville horror is definitely up there halloween like top 10 you got some just great ones i'm trying to think right. of something new that i've seen I wanted to see that movie called Green Inferno, I think, when the people get trapped on the island and there's, like, cannibals. Yeah. Have you heard, have you heard of that? Yeah, I've seen it. I've uh, watched it a few times. That's one that's not a good movie, I didn't but it's see a fun it. one. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's on Netflix? Yeah. I heard it was, wasn't it banned at first or something like that? Yeah, Eli Roth uh, did it, uh, the same guy that did, like, Hostel and stuff like that, and it's pretty much like an ode to Cannibal Holocaust, but he... Uh, like when he first tried to put it out, it came out like two years later than its original release date was supposed to be because it kept getting like uh, not allowed to go to the theaters and they kept trying to put like a rating on it that was like uh, NC-17 and shit like that. And he's like, right. Like it kept getting chopped. I heard like they wanted yeah. them to take out scenes because they were too fucked up. But I, I want I want to see uh, I want to see like an, a director's cut of that movie or yeah. something, man, like. They should release that or something like a director's cut you could see somewhere because I never saw it. I yeah. never saw the movie, but that was one that I was looking forward to see because it looked so screwed up on the uh, trailers that you would see. Yeah, that's brutal um, as fuck for sure. It's got some scenes yeah. in it that I'm I'm not sure how much they cut out of it because it's 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 got some shit in it for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's got some messed up shit. Yeah, I don't want to give anything away in case you. Check yeah, it out, so. yeah, I'm gonna see it without a doubt. Let me ask you a question. So, are there any movies in the last? 10 to 15 years that you would definitely recommend. Like I told you, I saw the remake of Suspiria, yeah, but yeah. again, that's like an older story just remade. Um, and that was just fantastic. Yeah. Any, you know, any films you would recommend that I check out? Yeah. Of course, like the, uh, the big name ones, like the, of course, ones that a lot of people would say, which well, tell me, tell me which are the, of course, ones are like hereditary and midsummer. And uh, I didn't see any of those. Yeah. I the know. Witch and stuff. They're just like, there would be like a lot of people like uh, that. That would be like a casual horror fans like throwouts because they're like a lot of the big ones of the years and they sit at the top of the critics list and stuff. But yeah, um, some hidden gems that I've seen lately that I would recommend is uh, 
and this one's not really a hidden gem. It's starting to get its due now, but when it came out in like 2009, it didn't really. Was this movie called The House of the Devil? Oh, it's very like slow burn and. Uh, I like movies like that. That's what I like. Yeah, when you watch it, it feels like an eight. Like you'll think you're watching an 80s movie. They did a and they did an awesome job of making it look that way and stuff. But it it plays out really well. Just uh, just know it's a slow burn going in, and that's one thing is I feel like I'm. I love slow burns. I just want to know that that's what I'm going into a lot of the times because then sometimes I might start to lose, you know, I might not be in the right mood for that, you know, at that time. So, yeah, there's, there's a couple that um, stick out now that we're talking about it that I did see that I really, really liked uh, the movie. And it, it's, it, it's some years ago, some of these came out, but they're relatively new. Yeah. You compare them to some of the older horror movies, but um, the movie Let Me In. Oh, hell yeah. With the, uh, with the, the little girl, yeah. the vampire girl. That yeah. was, I thought that was a brilliant movie. Yeah, I love that, that was, movie. That was a, an awesome, awesome horror movie. The way they, again, like I like well-made, thought-out movies, you know? Like, yeah. that's, that's, I like stuff like that. There was another one that, that was just on my mind that I wanted to tell you, and I don't know why it, my mind went blank on it. I just had it at the tip of my tongue. Another one I saw that I really liked as of late, but I can't remember. All of Rob Zombie's movies, I, I, I am particular to. Like, I, yeah. love, I love his take on horror. I think it's fun. Rob, like House of a Thousand Corpses, of course, was so cool, man. That, mm. I love that movie. And I really, yeah, and I really loved um, his interpretation of Halloween. I really thought that I liked the direction he went with it. I like seeing uh, how Michael kind of like, how he kind of went through his therapy type of stuff. I, yeah, I like yeah. seeing that because I mean, and one movie that's not really horror, but that you could kind of fit into all this, which is one of my top, I would say on the top five hand, maybe not horror, but yeah, of movies of all time is uh, the Joker. Hell yeah. No, I really like that movie myself. Oh, one of, one of my favorite movies I've ever seen in my life. I just yeah. thought just everything about it. Once again, well thought out, well, amazing acting hell yeah you know just just everything about it from the film they used from the colors to the everything every yeah. single scripted line the way everything played out that was fantastic man that movie kill was a killer movie yeah the, uh, and i won't spoil exactly what happens but that end scene where he's like on stage that, yeah it's so tense just like you know when he's speaking and stuff you don't know how, which way it's gonna go and stuff and then of course it goes you know Yes, man. Fucking killer, man. That that movie was just dynamite. But yes, going back to Rob Zombie, obviously a great knack for uh, creating horror films. Yeah. Even some of his, the ones that people really didn't like and, you know, with the Salem, um, what was it called? Uh, Lords of Salem. Yeah, Lords of yeah. Salem. I even like that, man. I don't know. Like people like, ah, or the, or the other one, um, 31. Yeah. You know, yeah, it w maybe some people thought, you know, hey, this isn't as good as what he normally puts out. But yeah, I still, I, just because of Rob Zombie's brain and, and the way he <laughs> kind of looks at everything, yeah, it still was cool for me. Like, uh, you know, Three from Hell is the, another one, right? Yeah, that's the newest uh, one in, about the Firefly uh, family from like uh, House of Thousand Corpses and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a great one. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, he just makes some cool, brutal. So as of the later movies, like movies like that, um, yeah. I didn't see Hereditary, although a lot of people tell me that yeah. is one I should see. Even the band members like Mina, Alan, they've, yeah. I think even Veronica saw Hereditary and uh, they all said, Joe, you got to see that one. And I still haven't gotten around to put it on when I have a moment 
Yeah. I probably need to watch it here. I can't obviously watch it with my kids. I heard there's some screwed up shit in it. Yeah, no doubt. That one's that's yeah. definitely uh, not safe for work or whatever they say. <laughs> but I do have some uh, hypothetical questions, but I do have another recommendation for you before I get into that. There's Please. There's a movie Bring I watched it recently called... Uh, I actually hadn't heard of this movie until recently. And I, I, well, I'd seen the poster for it. It's called this, it's a movie called The Golden Glove. And, oh, I, didn't, uh, I never heard of that one. I'd uh, seen the poster around and it just had a dude's face on it. And I always thought it was a boxing movie, but it was a, it's a German movie. So the whole, like the movie's in German with like subtitles and stuff. I just thought it was a, like, I just, you know, thought it was that. Cause even like the things on it were in German, like the, um, the critic yeah. uh, quotes or whatever, but yeah. it's actually about a serial killer and it's like based on a true story, but it's not one of those movies where it's chock full of killing, but it's chock full of like brutal acts and stuff like that that he did. Oh, but um, the Golden Glove is the name of the bar where he would pick up women and stuff like that. But it's definitely a uh, a gritty and brutal movie. It's one definitely not to watch with the kids, but I highly recommend it if you uh, are looking yeah. for one that's just unsettling and very like it's and it's a true story. So which makes it even more hardcore. Yeah. Well, hell yeah. So we can go into the uh, hypothetical questions. My first one sure. being if somebody approached you guys and said, hey, we want to make a music video for one of your songs and you don't have to choose the song or anything like that unless you want to. But uh, they said, we want to choose. We want you to make a music video, but we want you to choose one of your favorite horror movies to make into a short film version for a music video. What horror movie would you choose? And how would you make it into a music video? Wow, that's a that's a real that's almost like I, I may, may need some time to think about that, man. <laughs> no, that, rush, that's a really <laughs> cool you know what would fit like you would need the perfect song to fit the perfect visuals um well what's funny is when you were we were talking about the concept behind uh, the sound of scars i was actually thinking about how it would be cool to put the suicide ptsd to the like kind of to the beats of jacob's ladder i don't know if you've ever seen jacob's Ooh, ladder oh but... my god yeah that was a credible movie that was you know again one of one of my again another well played out well thought out movie that was creepy as hell yeah i thought know? that would be a good one to kind of put like to the whole album you know like slowly build it and everything absolutely but... you nailed yeah. it see you that's the <laughs> perfect you know what's funny is you say that and it's so crazy that you say that i'll tell you why because jacob's ladder was basically a movie alan and i spoke about so much growing up and it was yeah. right around the time of river runs red and ugly where we watched that movie together yeah. alan and i so um, talk about a movie that has a lot to do with like the foundation of Life of Agony because that was a movie Alan and I probably watched a dozen times together yeah. because of how creepy it was, because of how well it was made. We loved it. Like, so that is the perfect match to a Life of Agony saga type of yeah. video, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. I have to agree with you 100%. Actually, I would try to think of a different film right now but i can't because that kind of nails it yeah um someone going through some mental crazy it's because basically him jacob going through this other dimension or something he he entered the dimension of hell or yeah he's on a, he, he entered some kind of dark dimension in the time that he was um it seemed like in the moments that he was dying or something yeah is the way i would interpret the movie yeah, he entered like some kind of dark dimension that he got frozen in and was living in uh, his soul was living in and and experiencing yeah it's almost would... like you saw the alternative like uh like I, I see what you mean it's like it's almost like this the scene where he dies that's technically the beginning and the end of the movie it's exactly. almost like you see what happens if his soul instead of dying like split off into a completely different dimension that was like full Dark. of darkness yeah like oh, yeah. on your way to hell kind of thing 
Yeah. Because everything was screwed up. The people with the tails on the subway and yeah. all the, 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 he, the, you know, his girlfriend having that demonic face when he really looked at her and really crazy shit, man. That was a great, great film, man. That definitely, that's, that was a cool question. And I think you answered it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Now, does, uh, it's almost like it plays the reverse of the whole life flashing before your eyes. It's like life keeps going before your eyes, but with, you know, because you're going to hell, you're seeing it in the evil sense to where if you were possibly going to heaven, you know, yeah. that's a deep ass movie for sure. I've kind of do- dove into it before on the podcast, but not like, you know, cause I, we talk about multiple movies usually never like, yeah. um, dwell on stuff too much, but right. that's, that's one that I would definitely love to like actually pick apart one day eventually. But, Oh yeah, that is one you can pick apart. That's the cool yeah. thing about it. You can actually there it's there's so many layers to that movie. Yeah. That it's not your cookie cutter like here's what it is. It's it's you can go anywhere with that, man. You can It's oh, yeah. almost like, you know, in a way, I know we just talked about the Joker, but there's ways of interpreting the Joker movie. Was that all in his head? Was yeah. he you know, like I love movies like that because you're really not sure if they were intending if that was just a made up thing in his head that he, cause it, it, it kind of implied a few times that he, it was in his head. Yeah. Certain scenes made you think that, Oh, wait a minute. This, this is all in his head, you know? So I love movies like that, man. Yeah. It's already got a very uh, unreliable narrator narrator, as you could say from like, you know, from uh spoiler alert going forward for Joker just for a little bit, but just yeah. so we can speak about it. But the part where he finds out that, uh, the Zazie Beats character that she isn't real pretty much or yes that, that's the part I was talking about yeah where he like it's a she's real but his relationship with her was completely fabricated and shit and like you watch the whole movie thinking it's otherwise and then yeah so and that that's some of the turns of that movie that I really enjoy but I get what you're saying it kind of like lends it it lends more to the ending where it's like you know how much of it was fake and was it all of it fake or was, was it- all of it in his head did he yeah. the whole thing did he did he actually, you know, I don't want to, I don't want, and no spoilers. So let's yeah. we'll jump off of it. So, cause whoever didn't see that movie yeah. sees this interview, they need to really, <laughs> they need to experience the Joker the way we did. So my next question is kind of the same, kind of similar question, but it's uh, so say a fan approached you after a show and they were like, you know, I do custom guitars and I can fabricate it completely, you know, for a wall piece, or I can make something customizable just paint wise. So you could, you know, play it on tour, but they wanted to customize you a guitar piece that was, uh, you know, horror movie themed, what horror movie would you choose and how would you customize the guitar? Yeah, that, that's actually, that's another cool one. Um, you know, uh, obviously right comes to mind, maybe some props that may not make sense. Like, of course, I thought of a chainsaw right away somehow yeah. um, because I thought that would be cool. But, you know, the first person that would do that would probably be Ted Nugent, if we all know that. <laughs> uh, um, He'd probably have a bow and arrow guitar or like a Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think uh, I think what could work, you know, obviously like a Hellraiser guitar would be really cool. Although I think that might even exist. I may have even seen that before. Yeah. Because, I, you know, there's such cool visuals in that movie. And it's so like you could probably do a lot because of the cables and stuff and the yeah. hooks. You could probably come up with a sick looking Hellraiser guitar with hooks at the end, you know, maybe some, you know, from the blood splatter or flesh looking body with the cape with the actual guitar strings being part of those cables the flesh cables grabbing you know so when it's painted it would look like the hooks yeah. are grabbing into the guitar where you put your guitar strings hell yeah so you that could... would be interesting like a 
like a like a Hellraiser guitar, yeah. And maybe behind the flesh somewhere, that Hellraiser, you know, you know the the device, you know the the device that opens the cube. Yeah, the uh, lament configuration, I think is. What yeah, yeah. So somewhere behind the flesh, somewhere you see that peeking out or something with some light. It might be a sick looking guitar, you know. Hell yeah, I was gonna say, uh, or you could even just make the knobs, you know have all the knobs uh black with that design on it and you know they can kind of glow themselves but i was gonna say oh yeah oh the inlays the inlays you could do the box opening different um like you know what i mean like through the inlays you know how that box opened and moved yeah you can have the different positions across in mother of pearl across your neck See, I had a uh, I had a different idea for the inlays, but people are gonna kind of think I'm fucked up for this one. But Uh-oh. you know, you know how when in the first movie when they rip them apart, it's, he says Jesus wept or whatever. Yeah, they, you Ooh. could you could have it say Jesus wept, but have it look like it's like cut out in flesh. You know what I mean? Oh so it's like, yeah, like scarification man. almost, or like fresh scarification. <laughs> yeah, that would be sick. Actually, those words across the uh, yeah. right across the fretboard would look. Oh man, that would look pretty brutal. Fuck yeah, yeah I, I think I think there needs to be a Hellraiser guitar sometime in the future made. Yeah. Someone needs to get on this for us, Tim. <laughs> Hell yeah. Get it yeah, we're going we to have to design that one together, I think, man, <laughs> and put our heads together on that. There you go. If, uh, if it's too heavy to play, we'll just pass it on to Gore. It's, it's up yeah, there. That's all. <laughs> they'll, they'll play it. They'll, <laughs> those guys will definitely play it. Gals, be per- guys and gals. Yeah, it'd be a perfect uh, studio piece, though, for just on the wall back there in the studio somewhere. Right behind there somewhere. Hell yeah. Put it right on that wall right over there. <laughs> so uh, my uh, second to last question is, would you ever want to compose a horror movie? And, and I know that you said that you just started doing like television and stuff like that. So you kind of started to do, you know, similar stuff. Would you ever want to take on a full on movie? And uh, if so, what kind of like subgenre? Would you want to do like a slasher or more of like a psychological horror movie like The Shining and stuff like that? Okay. Well, it's funny you asked me that question because um, I have a guitar. Uh, a guitar. Oh my God. I can't believe I said guitar. We're thinking about that Hellraiser guitar. You do have a guitar. I have a horror movie written. I already have one written and copywritten in my draw upstairs. Oh, hell yeah. Copywritten by the government. It's a psychological horror movie. Hell yeah. Psychological thriller. Like The Shining. Very much like, but it's it's not a a, a direct bite or anything. Yeah. And the, the movie takes place in the early days of silent films. Oh, hell yeah. So it's a, I don't want to give away too much because I don't want someone going to run away and go make my movie, but yeah. Or make a cheap um, version of it because you copyright. Yeah. 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 I have a full movie written from start to finish. Hell yeah. Right upstairs in my file cabinet. That's copywritten. And I don't know where to start or who I would go to. I, of course I know some production, you know, people. Yeah. um, And film crews, but it takes money to, to make a movie you know, to make a horror movie, you know, yeah. or, to, or to make any movie, I should say. Um, but, you know, you need to get people behind it. And, you know, it takes a lot of dedication because, and that's one of my problems, I think, is that I'm a perfectionist. Mm. And I, this movie I wrote is so terrifying that I, I feel like I really need to put it together one day for the world to see what I came up with in my mind. Hell yeah. It's so fucked up and terrifying, but I don't know where to start and how, like, how, because a lot of it takes place, like I said, back way back when. So yeah. the costume designing, the everything would need to be spot on. Yeah. Um, and that's a lot of, you know, it, it would take a lot to get that done. And I wouldn't, you know, and that's the honest truth. I really don't know 
who I would go to with this or where I would start. But I got to say, hopefully one day it will happen. And, and you never know. Maybe we're talking, you know, maybe I would get started in the next five to 10 years with it. Yeah. Um, realistically is what I'm saying. But it's yeah. sitting up there. It's been in the cabinet. Believe it or not, I wrote it about 15 years ago. Yeah. So that's how long it's been sitting up there. Hell yeah. And there's no movie that's been made like this still. Yeah. And it's, I, I mean, everyone I've shown it to, the little handful of people that have gotten to see the little, the, the synopsis I wrote. Yeah. It's like a nice, uh, I don't know how many pages it is up there, the way the movie plays out, but yeah. it's, it's very solid. Hell yeah. And anyone who's read it is like, Joe, you got to, you got to do this movie, man. Yeah. And so maybe one day, maybe, you know, well, I shouldn't say maybe, hopefully, yeah. you know, get it together one day. Hell yeah. And I know exactly what you mean. It's one of those films where it's like, you probably know the right people that you could go get an indie film type budget, but is it the type of film that you want to try to make on an indie film type budget or would you like, it's uh, I'm right there with you. It's one of those that when you look at the film, it's, better to see your vision and know that it's worth holding out on than to just do it on the shoestring budget and kind of ruin your own vision because just to get it done sooner type thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I brought it up to, we have a good friend, Curran, um, who made the movie, the nun. Hell he's yeah. a big, he's a big life of agony fan. Um, and you know, he's a very, very close friend of the band. Like he's yeah. been seeing us for years and we've been friends for years, Curran. And um, I brought it up to him and I gave him a little taste of what, it, and he, he really loved it. He was like, wow, that sounds really good. You know, you're going to do it. And I'm like, you know, he knows what it takes to make yeah. horror films and how to make a really, you know, real in-depth horror film and, and with the designing and costume and sets. And this thing is very elaborate, this thing that I wrote, because it takes place not only in, you know, I don't want to give away too much again because yeah. I, I don't want someone taking this idea. And it's so, it's just, it's one of those things. Once I get going on it, if I don't continue telling you, it won't make sense to anyone that's watching this interview. Yeah. So I, let me not even go there, but hopefully one day I can make it. It is sitting up there nice and safe in my file cabinet with oh, a nice yeah. copy written by the government on it. <laughs> and uh, you know, one day, hopefully I'll get to it. Yeah. No, I'm stoked and I uh, can't wait to see it once you finally do. You just got to uh, let me know. You might so you have can, to help me. I was going to say, you got to let me know so you can at least come back on the podcast to talk about it and promote it and stuff like that. But, yeah, man. Maybe you have to help me make it. Hey, I'm down. I don't know. Uh, I'm not really sure what I do because I haven't done anything yet, but uh, I've done some That's voiceover right. work. That's it. <laughs> I'll find, I'll, I'll probably find something for you to do. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm always down. I did do voiceover work in a uh, Halloween fan film, so that's about as awesome. Fun, so. Hey, listen, do you, everyone starts somewhere. That's yeah. all. I always say it. They always, someone said the coolest thing to me recently. I, I actually, I said, I saw it on one of my um, one of my posts on Instagram. Someone made a mm. comment, and this is how I heard this: Everybody has the same twenty four hours to make something. Yeah. Each day to create each day, I should say it wasn't oh, to yeah. make something; it was to create. Everyone has the same 24 hours to create each day. Yeah. In other words, we're all, you know, no matter who you are, where you are, you know, as long as you put your mind and your action forward and, and you put your idea forward and, and do your best to get it, make it happen. Yeah. There's a good chance it's going to happen. So, you know, I, I like that saying, you know, it, yeah. it, it's very inspiring, actually. No doubt. For sure. Who wrote that. The more positive energy you put out, the more it comes back for you, 100%. Absolutely. I'm yeah. a firm believer in that. And it works both ways, yeah. by the way. Put yeah. out that negative energy, guess what? <laughs> Not going to be doing too good. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, the, yeah, that positive energy is what I what we focus on. Anyone around me, anyone of my right. friends, family, band, you know, all positive here. Yeah. Hell yeah. And uh, so my final question for you, and uh, I know you kind of just went through a little horror story because with COVID, which, uh, yeah. you know, once again, I'm very glad that you and your family are, you know, doing okay and everything. Congratulations Thanks, on coming through and everything. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was you know, I don't even want to say it was scary, but because I think we were confident that we were going to, we were going to knock it, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, as I'm talking about, I'm getting choked up. I knew we were going to, meaning choking. Yeah. Um, I knew we were going to knock it out pretty quick for some reason. I just knew it wasn't going to get us, you know? Yeah. And we did. It was a matter of days, but go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted your question. Oh, no, you're fine. No, oh. I was, uh, like you said, I'm very glad that you guys made it through. And, and it's, uh, like, for instance, like when my mom had it, she seemed completely fine, but you never know, you know, it's, I know. uh, you hear these stories and they do kind of get a little scary, but no, luckily everything came out fine for sure. But so uh, my final question for you is, do you have any horror stories of your own? And they could be either from being on the road or they could yeah. be, you know, something that's scary as shit that happened to you. And if you have paranormal stories, I'm always down to hear those as well. I know well, some people are believers and some people are. So, yeah, I mean, this, this is a very specific story. Yeah. Um, and one, I'll, you know, obviously never forget. Yeah. We were on the road for the River Runs Red album and we were driving in a van, in a little van with a little trailer on the back. We even had all the seats ripped out in the van and we had beanbag chairs in the, in the van and all that. Yeah. So, you know, in other words, we're going across country. So on a, on a day off, uh, we're rolling through Tucson, Arizona. And it wasn't where we were in that area at the time in the early 90s. For some reason, we were going to a very, it was outside of Tucson. Tucson mm-hmm. And it was a very rural, like very desolate area where we found a hotel and it was this really old, really weird, creepy hotel in the middle of nowhere. It was almost like there was nothing nowhere to be seen or found where this hotel was. It was all desert and sand and very yeah. strange. Like from so, dusk dawn. <laughs> yeah, it was very weird. So we, we chose, God only knows, I can't remember why we chose to stay there. Yeah. So we pull up and we, we enter the hotel and we bring our bags in and, um, we get to the front desk and right off the bat, first of all, there was a vibe as soon as you walked in the hotel. And I know from traveling so much, I know when places have vibes, I'm very uh, sensitive to that stuff. Yeah. You know, so, so was my cousin Mina and we all are really, but at the time, you know, we entered that hotel and all of us in the band, the little crew we had, a couple people, we all felt this vibe like, whoa, there's some fucked up shit in this place. Like yeah. it had an energy that was dark and, and weird and something bad things were happening in that place. Anyway. Yeah. So we get to the front desk. It's late. It's at night. We got there. It was, it was, it was pitch black outside and there was one little lamp on this guy comes out and, 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 and listen, you know, he was deformed. The man who was running the hotel, he had, a little arm he had like a baby arm yeah. with a with a small hand and then a big long arm and he was like you need rooms and it was just right off the bat it felt creepy yeah. even before we saw him and then we saw him and it was like whoa okay and then he goes on to tell us as a group first of all we were the only ones staying there and this was a like it looked like to me, it looked like, a, you know, a decent sized hotel from the outside, you know, yeah. it wasn't a bed and breakfast. It was a real hotel with floors and it had like two floors, two stories, like a, mo- a 
a motel, but indoors, like a yeah. weird. So he was like, listen, uh, I remember him saying to us, if you hear noises in the middle of the night, you're the only one staying here. But if you hear, if you hear weird things, this, this hotel has a lot of history and, you know, uh, we do have ghosts here. And, and we were like, what? And this guy's telling us this and it's this creepy older dude. He was probably in his late sixties yeah. telling us this, giving us our keys one by one. So we all go to these rooms. Now we're all staying alone. We all have our own room. It's pitch black on the floor as we find our room. So I go in my room. I turn on the little lamp when you walk in to flick the light, whatever it was. I flicked the wall light and the lamp went on. And there was this like chair facing me. It was just a bed, a, a, a standalone closet, and a chair facing me in the corner. And I just looked at the room and I was like, I got the weirdest feeling I've ever gotten in my life. I was like, oh my God, I am not going to sleep. Like, yeah. I knew the walls had this wallpaper that could have been in The Shining. <laughs> I, so I'm like, okay, I don't want to put anything on the floor. I didn't know if there was bugs there or whatever. So I opened this closet. And I go to put my bag, my suitcase in the closet and the shelf that was up here falls from the top, makes this big bang. I made so much noise, the shelf yeah. falls and inside the standalone closet. And on the underside of the shelf, there was a carving in there that said, so I don't remember the exact words, but it, it, it said something like, Satan is always with you. And it was carved with a knife underneath the shelf. Sleeping in the van. Satan is always with you. And it was the creepiest feeling I've ever got. So I left my room. Yeah. I went to my cousin's room. When I get to my cousin Mina's room, or Keith at the time, yeah. the others were already gathering in the hallway because they didn't want to stay in their rooms. Everyone was terrified. Yeah. We all ended up staying in one room like little girls. We all ended up staying in the biggest room camping out on the floor together. We took the soap, the soap from the shower, and we drew, we drew a crucifix on the mirror out of soap. <laughs> like, that's how, like, and we're young, you know, we, we must have been 19 years old, you know, yeah. River Runs Red tour, we were, you know, 19, 20. But let me tell you something. It was, so, so here's what happens. This is the end of it. I know it's getting long, but you got to kind of live it with me, you know? Yeah, no, you got to set the scene, man. That doesn't. Uh, yeah, I'm setting it up. So, yeah. but anyway, nothing, nothing huge happens, but it's, this just gets creepier. The Satan so, thing was scary as shit, anyways, to be honest with you. The Satan. Uh, yeah, thing. that was, yeah. it was terrifying to me. So, what, uh, what ended up happening now that we're all together, obviously we all felt better. So, we're like, you know, it's getting late. None of us are sleeping. So, we get the stupid idea. We're like, let's go look around this place because there was other floors. There was, so here's what was the worst part of this terrifying part of the story. So we all like, let's go, let's go, let's go walk around. You know, like you start, like you're walking around a haunted house, right? Yeah. So we go down our hallway, which was dimly lit, wasn't pitch black. Okay. So there's a light here or there, but it looked, it looked like the shining. It was so screwed up. We found the staircase to go upstairs to the second floor. We were on the first floor. Mm. We got found the staircase. We go up to the second floor. We get into the hallway. It is pitch black, but the light from outside, from whatever light was coming in from outside, yeah. lit up the floor, the hallway of the, because there was windows in the, on the ends of the hallways. And 
all of the room doors were all open and they were all pitch black. In other words, in, they were open inward. Yeah. So all you saw was black rooms down the hallway and we ran <laughs> back to that room together like little girl. Yeah. Ah! Let's get the fuck. We, we ran back to the room, locked the door and waited till morning and checked out and got the hell out of there. It, I don't know why it was a terrifying experience for all of us. Yeah. Not for one of us, not for two of us, for the whole band and the couple of crew guys we had with us. It was a night we will never forget. Tucson, Arizona in that creepy, the creepiest hotel you could ever stay in. Yeah. I wish I knew the name of it. <laughs> I wish I knew if it was still there. Yeah. Because it was oh, something out of, out of Psycho meets Amityville Horror meets... Uh, the Shining. Like, if you combine those three places, that's what this place felt like. Oh, yeah. No, I, I kind of try to put myself, like, mentally in that, you know, like, thought, you know, like, walking and looking down that hallway. I could just, I could feel, like, uh, you know, the the sunken feeling in your chest. Yeah. It was like, no, no way. Yeah. Not. You couldn't walk another foot. Like, you froze. Yeah. Because the energy alone was so hardcore, how dark it felt and how evil yeah. Because you just didn't know what was in any of those rooms. And it was about 20 rooms with all the doors pitch yeah. black open. It was like, no fucking way, dude. You know, when We're out of here. That guy coming out of the shadows with his T-Rex arm at you or nothing dude, like that. exactly. <laughs> I didn't want to like, it's not nice, obviously. No, yeah, I know yeah. He, was, he was, uh, had a handicap, so... But that's funny, T-Rex on. In the situation, though, it's uh, yeah. scary. I mean, he, and, he, and he was a very nice man. He wasn't, you know, yeah. he wasn't an evil person or anything. He, you know, he just had a disability, which is, you know, you can't mess with that. But yeah, um, but uh, he it added to it somehow it, that back then as kids, it, it added to the overall vibe. That man added, especially he was telling us the place was haunted and, yeah. you know, and put that fear into us to begin with, put the thoughts yeah and uh it was it was it was cool cool and creepy and terrifying experience that we'll never forget as yeah. a band and like you said it's not uh you know nothing obviously nothing at all against you know it's just a disability you know you can't help it but it is one of those things that out of all the places that that person could have been that's where right. he was that night it's like fuck. it was almost like he he was like uh how would you say fabricated for that yeah individual was like too perfect it was like this is insane yeah you know um it, yeah. it was too perfect but yeah nobody else wants to drive out of this fucking place i guess i'll do <laughs> right man it was just like whoa man it, yeah. it was heavy it was, it was a night we'll never forget yeah without a doubt now i appreciate you sharing man i appreciate you coming on and everything you yeah. want to uh i'm sure everybody knows where to find life of agony but you want to let them know where to find you so that way when that new project drops uh you know they could see updates on that as well Absolutely. Um, I, I, I spent a, you know, a lot of my social media is on Instagram. Mm. So um, I, I share a lot on Instagram, which is uh, just Joey Zampella okay. on, on Instagram. It's pretty simple. I go as Joey on, on there. So Joey Zampella with a Z. And uh, I also have my production website. If you want to record, you know, I, I obviously I'm also a producer and engineer yeah. at my own studio. I travel to other studios and I record people around the world. Actually, I've traveled everywhere to record bands and artists. Mm -hmm. So um, that's uh, if you want to hit that website, it's just some information on me and how to get in touch with me. It's uh, www.joeyzproductions.com. 
com. Hell yeah. So uh, it's easy, easy to find me. And if you just type my name into Google, a lot of this will come up. And of yeah. course, www.lifeofagony.com. You have a ton of, you know, we're always updating our official band site. So yeah. there's always updated information on the band and, and content and all kinds of stuff, merchandise, all that stuff. Hell yeah. Now, and I'll make sure to uh, put the link for the website in the description as well for the Joey Z Productions. So. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tim. I really had a fantastic time hanging with you, man. And uh, talking about, I mean, what's better than talking about metal and uh, horror? Hell yeah. <laughs> you got the perfect show. <laughs> Not very yeah. much. I appreciate you coming on and I appreciate all the kind words. And as usual, thanks again for listening and make sure you check back on Tuesday as my first guest of next week is going to be the one and only Billy Bollinger of one of my personal favorite pop punk bands, Crucial Dudes. So don't forget to join us next week for that. Go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Go check out my dude Loudmouth Threads who did this awesome original podcast artwork and stay safe.